Well, hello there, dealmakers, and welcome to the show where it's all about financial freedom with real estate. I'm your host, Garrett Lynch, and today we have a very special episode. I'm going to chat with Michael as a guest on his own show with his lovely wife, Vivian. They're going to talk about family and partnership and how to, how they support each other in business, how they've gone into raising their kids, a lot of interesting stuff. We're going to be able to peel back the curtain and see exactly how they raise a family. So it's very cool. You guys stay tuned. But first, if you guys want to understand how to get into a deal as an active operator, the easiest way and the best way to do so is to, to find a mentor and have that person guide you through their trials and tribulations so that you don't make the same mistakes. If you guys are looking for one of the best mentorship programs on the planet, that we have one. So go to the michaelblanc.com slash mentor, fill out the form, and someone will get back to you about mentorship. But it is a great program, guys. I want to give a shout out to M. Vertson via Amazon. M. Vertson said, what a great book. It breaks down all the steps to purchase your first cash flow property and gives a ton of resources to draw from. The book contains many nuggets for a successful venture. If you want to gain insight and understand this business, this book is for you, obviously referring to the yellow book. Thank you so much, M. Vertson. And if you want to shout out on Amazon, guys, leave a review on the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Want to highlight our first deal maker, Karim Karawiya. Karim closed a 12-unit deal in South Bend, Indiana. Congratulations, Karim. In August, it was $650,000 purchase, and they used Kyle as a mentor. That is such a cool thing. I love, love to hear that, guys. So before we get into the show, I just wanted to mention that it, as an entrepreneur, it's, it can be difficult to have, have a relationship, realistically, because as entrepreneurs, we never shut off. They're always going. Things are always happening. And if you're getting into real estate, you're getting into apartments, you're an entrepreneur at that point. You're, you're running a business. And sometimes... You know, your spouse or your significant other isn't doesn't necessarily care about the same things you do. And that's that's just the truth. So you have to figure out ways to navigate that. They may care more about the family or their business or their job or other things. And that can, at least for me and in my experience, it can be challenging when this is you care so much about one thing. Now that said, the person in your life has to you have to figure out ways to navigate that if you you really want to be together and make a life. And it's not always easy. It's definitely can be challenging to, to, to navigate those waters. So the reason that I wanted to interview Michael and Vivian is, is to give you guys some insight as to how they, these guys have accomplished so much in life in general. I, I've been lucky enough to get to know Michael and Vivian on a deeper level. I visited them quite a bit in Georgia and I see how they live their lives. And it's, it's honestly, it's very inspiring to me starting out in, in, kind of being in the opposite end of that, which we'll go into in, in a bit, they've done a lot. They've accomplished that. Four kids are not really following the same path that she would follow in the education system, which is super inspiring and especially for an entrepreneur. And they've done a lot of things really well. So I just wanted to give you guys that preface before we, we jump into the interview. I am super excited for our guest who also is the host of this show. You're listening to the Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing podcast, hosted by Garrett Lynch and Michael Blanc, where we talk all about how you can achieve financial independence through apartment building investing. 
Whether you're just starting out or you want to scale your syndication business, this is the show for you. Michael and Vivian, welcome to the show today. How are you guys doing? Good, Garrett. Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, <laughs> having you on your own show, Michael, it's, it's great <laughs> as a guest with, with obviously a very important guest, Vivian. And I listen, I know you guys pretty well. I've been over to your guys' place to visit quite a few times. And I'm, I'm always impressed by the way you guys have been able to navigate your relationship and in this crazy entrepreneurial journey that, that we're in around apartments and creating something bigger than ourselves. So it's it's exciting for me to be able to interview you guys here as well. But I want to I want to dig in a little bit. Let's take it back and tell tell us a little bit about your relationship in the early days. Back when I was chasing girls. <laughs> yep. And you and you chased one and you, and you landed. I, I chased one. I got lucky. <laughs> No, we actually, uh, we met in, in college. I was at Virginia Wesleyan University in, in Virginia Beach. And yeah, we met there. She was a freshman. I was a, I was a junior. And, you know, if you're not watching this on, on YouTube, which you should, Vivian is uh, half Mexican, half Filipino. So when I saw her, her, she gets, her skin's a little brown and she had this crooked hair, high on one side, low on the other. And she had a braid coming down. She had bells on her ankles. And I was like, what is that? You know? <laughs> and so I started chasing her, but she she made it very hard. Yeah, she was definitely made me chase her for for months. It's I mean, that's typically how it goes, right? Like the guy's yeah. gotta kind of chase, the girl's gotta play, you know, hard to get a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So you guys met in college and then Vivian, I mean, how did how did you see it? How did you <laughs> from your perspective? That's about you, right. <laughs> that's about right. We met in college and he was that weird guy who just kept looking at me and talking to me. And eventually we went out and I guess as they say, the rest is history. We've been together for 25 years this year. Married rather. Yeah. That is crazy. 25 years married plus seven years dating. So it's been a, it's been a minute. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I mean, I'm, it's, it's interesting to me because I'm, I'm at the other end of the spectrum and I'm, I'm just beginning my journey into marriage. So. I definitely want to know this, but what what do you think led to 25 years of a marriage working? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good question. And, and this um, is this is a lot to unpack. So as much as you guys there, got. There there is a lot. And this is a lot with hindsight and, and no one ever tells you this. So this might serve some other people, but I think not looking towards your spouse for fulfillment. You know, what is that Tom Cruise movie? You complete me. Like that's just a bunch of horse manure. Like if you're looking for someone, some other person or something or circumstance to complete you, you're never going to find it. You're always going to be disappointed, right? Because no human can really, really complete or fulfill you. You can't meet those expectations every day. Yeah. So if people are expecting the other person to complete them, they're all going to be disappointed and that's going to wear wear off as soon as they're, they're, you know, they're no longer in love the way they were before. So, you know, it's, it's really more the other way around. I think when you get married and certainly when you have kids, you discover, or I did, that it's no longer about you. Like when mar- wedding, marriage, sort of, you know, but really when you have a kid, you're just discovering it's not just about you. And I think the more you can think about it going into a marriage like that, that it's not about you, it's about the other person and serving that other person and, and really fundamentally getting the agreement to help each other become a better version of yourself. I think fundamentally that's, that's a really good agreement. So it's not like, what can you do for me? 
but how can we help each other become a better person? I'd agree with that. I mean, and I think it's a choice that we make every day. There's a lot of patience that goes into that. And then that choice, I am going to be here today. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to help Michael. I'm going to help my kids. And we're just going to build a life together day by day. The other thing is being on the same page with regards to values. Now, we lucked out with that because it turns out we share a lot of values, but it should have been a more of an intentional act. You know, I mean, just values with, with anything. What is important to you? You know, what do you, what do you like? The, what kind of behaviors do you like? What kind of behaviors don't you like? Right. And, and you're never going to get 100% overlap. Right. For example, I tend to be on time and my and Vivian slightly less so. Okay. But it's not a major thing. It's not a major, major problem. It's not as fundamental about what you want in life and things like that. So get on the same page you know, with, with your goals and aspirations a little bit. So one of the things we love is we love traveling together. I mean, it's something we've always, even when we, when we first met, we, we traveled as much as we could. Getting on the same page, possibly. Well, when you start having kids, starting getting on the, on the same page about how are you going to raise your kids? Like, what's that going to be? Who's going to do what? So in other words, getting on the same page regarding the, the values. When did you guys actually start to think about values? Like when did, when did that even come into the peripheral of, was, did it, was it when things got more serious with kids? Did you guys talk about it before? What did that look like? I don't think that we consciously actually use those words until, I mean, here very recently, but I think even from the very beginning, they were things that we looked at, like, how did we want to raise our kids? You know, we, I remember talking when we were much younger regarding discipline, you know, are you a strict parent? Do you need to give your children reasons for everything? You know, how do we want that family to look like? Do we want to have meals together? And even as simple as holidays, do we do our own thing or do we go and spend holidays with family, with extended family? And I think we started looking at those things early on, but we didn't use maybe that term, we are talking about our values and they are this. We didn't start using that language until here more recently when we really tried to figure out what those are. Yeah, it was, I don't know, six, seven years ago is when we actually came up with our values. We can talk about that later, later on. But it's, it, it, was, it was really not in the foreground. Right. But looking back on it, that's really one of the key areas of, of strength for, for the marriage is, is having alignment in, in values. And then the other thing I would say is, is communication, being on the same page and then communicating because you're, you're going to, and therefore your conflict resolution mechanism, right? So when you are no longer on, on the same page or you get in some kind of argument, how are you going to extricate yourself out of that? And I think everybody can get better with that, but 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 communication, I think, is has been key. Yeah, I think you know, even in my relationship, I think one of the things that lacked the most was that that conflict resolution mechanism. It was like you just have if you get in a fight, it would last for days, and it was just su- super exhausting. And we had to get I had to get professional help to to be able to manage and figure out how to navigate that. And I'm not ashamed to say that, and it, and it, we were able to figure it out. Yeah, it's good because and, it's not. I mean, it's not intuitive for me, right? Because you know. Because because some people are much more rational than I am, right? I'm, I'm much more analytical, logical, and maybe some other pre- people in the family are, are le- less so. So it's, uh, how do you deal with that? I don't know. You know, you read a few books and, and so professional help is, I think it's, I think it's good because you're right. You can't let something fester for days on end. That's, it's not going to go well. No. And as entrepreneurs, we're difficult people to deal with sometimes as far as- You like, are. We, we, <laughs> I am. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm not going to put you in, in any box. You know? You're like, I'm super easy to get I'm along great. with. Yeah. Super easy. But just, just, it's more the situation. I mean, <laughs> that, than anything we're, we're in this, 
kind of we never really shut off essentially and and so i think i think for me personally it's having some of those things in place that a strong foundation i think what you're alluding to in general so your communication is has a strong foundation your conflict resolution is pretty strong in your foundation what are are there any other things that were foundational that you guys built that kind of put you on the right track for success yeah, I think I would say probably complementary strengths. You know, they say opposites attract. And we, we just did, we did, we just did some personality thing. It was like actually a marriage seminar we're doing. And at the top, it says, you couldn't be more opposite, <laughs> you know? And so- I and could have told him that before yeah, we took that yeah, and so, long test. Like, so, you know, I said earlier, you don't complete each other, but for some reason you, you sort of do. It's, it's, it's almost like one plus one is far greater than two in, in a marriage that, that works. And so I bring certain strengths to the table and I have certain weaknesses that, that she overcomes. So we complement each other in that way. For example, you know, I'm just wired for efficiency. Like I'm just a productive animal machine. Therefore, I don't really value relationships or feelings, right? Because they're super inefficient. Those are awful for me. And I try to avoid as much as possible. And, and of course, that, that then creates other problems, which then makes me inefficient. And so now I have to deal with it because now I have a problem. And so there's my insanity, right? And and she's very good at relationships, right? So she spends quality time, quality time with the children, right? And just just quality time. And she values more relationships. And I'm not saying you're not productive, but that's 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 not like you're not maniacally focused on productivity. Well, uh, and productivity is measured in different ways. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, like sometimes I can be much more productive because we're having conversations with other people. So the information that I learned, the relationships that we've built make other things that happen on down the road much easier. Right. Therefore, more productive. Right. So see, see, and we're all too. we're all we're all learning. Right. So, <laughs> wow. Vivian just dropped a big one. Big bomb on me. Right there. That's awesome. <laughs> that's just in the last five minutes. <laughs> I love that. I know. Man, that's that's so cool. So have you guys it sounds like you've clearly you kind of intuitively know what those offsets are, but I mean, do you, do you, you always keep them kind of front of mind when you're, when you're navigating different parts of your relationship? I think that's a hard question to ask now, like some 25 years into marriage, because some things we have, we didn't do before we had to learn. And then in that process, now we think about much more like how somebody says something like I know how to tell Michael that something is bothering me, not that I'm attacking or accusing him. I've learned how to much better say that. Whereas before I probably would have said it in a way he would have gotten very defensive. I don't do that anymore. I try to say it in a different way so that he hears it more as a, I'm just sharing some information. So I think now some things are much more just how we do it. Whereas before they would have been things we would have had to actually remember to do. But back to your point, I mean, I think one of the things you're referencing is that there was some professional help. There was a, a marriage seminar we, we, we've taken that deals with conflict re- resolution techniques. I think that's so valuable, right? Because like I said, I mean, I, I'm not really that, I, I can't figure it out. And how do you, how do you, you know, extricate yourself or calm, calm the conversation down versus escalating it, which typically is what happens. And so, you know, certain books and seminars are really helpful in that regard. You know, personality tests are helpful trying to understand what your strengths are and the other person's strengths are. And those things also explain some of the things that irritate you about the other person. Like, why can't this person just pick up all their crap, you know, or whatever. And and, and you realize that every human has certain strengths and then certain weaknesses. And everyone's wired in that in that certain way. And I think that's that's helpful to know about, about another person. It's a really good point. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that 
you know, maybe they don't spend time or, or money really learning and getting educated on relationships and their, their specific relationship from, from a different angle. You know, I just, I'm of the mindset that I don't know my own blind spots. So sometimes it's, it's, that's necessary and it, and it can help a lot. And I'm sure you know you guys specifically have, have done a lot on, in that area, which is, which is really cool well, and, and valuable. One of the problems that we have as entrepreneurs is we're always performing, right? We're always, we're always, like you said, you're always on, we're always performing and you can always work harder, work more. And, and so therefore we tend to not pay attention to our relationships and then it kind of bites us in the ass, truly, right? Because if, if you have, I mean, imagine you are constantly fighting with your girlfriend, your, 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 your spouse, how draining that is. You, know, you mentioned how draining, how can you spend all your energy on building a business when you have major problems at home, right? It's right. really, versus if you have a marriage that's really working where instead of it sucking, sucking the energy out of you, it's actually energizing you and you can do more than you, than, than, than without the other person. I think that's where the one plus one equals more than two is really powerful. And I think that's really the only reason one would get married, in my opinion, is oh, you be gosh, you don't. become a better version of yourself. You know, honestly, I mean, I couldn't do what I'm what I'm doing without you know unless I didn't have kids. Okay, fine. Okay, fair. I could have been a hermit, and then I wouldn't have to deal with all these feelings and relationships. But you know, if you're going to have a family, man, someone's got to focus on. You know, you have to focus on a relationship because it's either energizing or draining. Do you guys make business decisions together? No, I'm the boss. <laughs> I know that's not true, guys. <laughs> hey. Do we make business decisions together? I'm not involved in the day-to-day minutiae of what goes on at work. I know big picture. I know names of players, big ideas. Michael basically comes home and downloads everything. And, you know, sometimes he needs another point of view. And I offer that to him. But do we make the decisions together. We don't sit down and like, okay, let's hash out. Should we do this deal? Should I do this? Not to that extent. Do That's what guys, he's got. Do you, you guys, guys work for. together. So you work together in business in any ways, though. Uh, sort of, but we we do struggle with that. I mean, I know there are some couples, especially in, in the in that that they work together every day, and we have not been able to make that work. I realized in college that we don't do that well. We took a class together. That wasn't good. I think that there's, I've never thought of myself as competitive, but I think maybe that's part of it. The competitive, like we both want it our way and it does not necessarily work very well in yeah. a business. So here's how, professional it, here's how it goes. Hey honey, you said you get this report done by five o'clock today. It is certainly 501, therefore late. You're like, not the boss of me. <clears throat> what am I? One of your the team members, I'm not an employee. you can't boss me around. I'm like, well, how can I hold you accountable? Right? So now I have to treat her differently than everybody else. It's just, it's not going to work. Right? The only way it works though. And I've observed this, for example, with a fair cloth with Matt and Liz, for example, we had a conversation around this and the way it does work for us is if you, if you have a lane, okay, let's say you have an area of responsibility and I'm not micromanaging you, whatever that lane is. And, and Matt and, and Liz kind of, they have lanes. So it's not like the Holy Spirit accountable every single day. They're not micromanaging each other. They're like, okay, you're going to do this thing, okay? And, and, and you know, we can talk about it, but it's kind of your thing. And we just support each other. But I'm not like holding you accountable for hitting milestones and rocks and measurables. Like that's, that's probably not going to work. So if you have, if you're working in business and your spouse has a certain area of responsibility, a sandbox that you can each play in, I think that could work. That works better. 
So I, I have this issue where <laughs> I don't realize it, but I'll be working all day and Shana will eavesdrop on some of the conversations and things that I'm working on. So she kind of knows like what happened that day. And, and then it was a big deal and I'll, and I'll come back and I'll start, ex- I'll be at dinner with her or something. I'm like, yeah, you know, this happened today. And she's like, I know. And I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> completely cuts cuts it there. She's like, I want to talk about something different. <laughs> I don't want to hear about this issue because they never stop. And so I'm just curious, does that, I'm sure that exists somewhere in your guys' relationship to, to a degree where it's it, like, we're it done does, talking about this stuff. Like, it does shut it off. To a degree. I listen. I can listen well. I can ask. Um, that's something he's still working on. I can ask questions. And so I do know what's going on. It's when it starts getting really repetitive that I'm done. Or when he starts explaining something he's done before, because not only can I listen, I can usually remember. I do neither very well. And he does neither very well. I neither listen, or if I happen to listen, I don't remember. And so when it gets a little bit tedious like that, I'm like, okay, move on. I got it. Or we don't need to do that. But I think just because we've been doing this for the years, because he's been working from home and working on this business for so long, like it's kind of part of our story. So I hear it and usually only shut him down when I'm done. It's really gone on. Yeah, but she's she's very good at listening. And and the thing is, like, she doesn't have to know about all the details. She gets the gist of things. And then she says, well, have you thought about this? And I'm like, no. How can I possibly miss that? Well, you listen to it for 90 seconds and you ask me a question that I didn't think about. So irritating and also helpful. Yeah. So I'll get caught. I, this is weird. I think, I don't know, or maybe it's normal, but I'll, if I have like a big speech to somebody or some, something that's pretty important that I have to talk to somebody, I'll recite the speech by myself and I'll get caught by her and she'll be like, are you talking to yourself again? <laughs> I'm like, I haven't tried that yet, Garrett. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess I am. I'm going to try that. And then when we had, we had that summer home, we lived with another couple for the summer and I would get caught by them too. And they're like, dude, you're weird. Like, <laughs> you recite these things. And I, and I literally, like, I practice speeches before I go into them. So I'm prepared. And then the, it never goes away. You think, anyways, it's, it's silly stuff. But just kind of going back to, you know, you guys have so much going on. All You guys accomplish so, so much, really. And running, you know, if you got a family, a home, a business, it's all a balancing act. How do you guys manage your time and energy? Well, I mean, I go first. I mean, again, for me, that that's been a a challenge for me, and and sometimes is. But Vivian will remind me, right? So we have certain bound boundaries around certain things. So, for example, my my latest rule is that if I'm outside of business hours and I'm have the laptop open or my phone open, if someone talks to me in the family for any reason whatsoever, I don't care what it's about, I have to put the phone down or close the laptop and listen, even though I might not find it interesting at all. That's boundary number number one. And then, I mean, we do split up our our roles, right? I mean, Vivian, I mean, she really, because she's a relationship person, she spends the most amount of time with our kids. And then we kind of run the household together. She probably does a bit more than I do. But the, the most important thing is that she really has built relationships with our kids. So they still kind of want to hang out with us, right? They actually might not ever leave. And and so if it were left up to me, and so now I focus on on the businesses, right? And now it frees me up to to not have to worry about the actual family as much. And I still have to, of course, spend time with my family. But I would say, you know, the trust that we built with our kids is largely due to to, to you. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's super important. I mean, your kid your kids are just cool kids, man. I I know them and from when I've come to visit. And, you know, they're 
the way you guys, you guys have raised them. It's, it's pretty incredible that you actually have kids that like, first of all, like their parents and they, they genuinely like, like you guys from what I know and, and what I've been there, but you know, how did you guys, how do you guys kind of manage how you like, for me, at least I'm looking at it in the future and I'm like, I'm not sure how to navigate like the school and the, the, the different elements that go into raising a family. How did you guys decide on that? Like, how would you set, you're going to set them up for school, what path you're going to go down with that, how you're going to raise them and kind of the environment, because as entrepreneurs, we don't really look at the system the same way. It's true. And so I personally, this is a question for me, you know, I'm not hundred percent sure how I'm going to navigate that specifically in the, in the upcoming environment, because we, you know, you have kids, your kids are doing other things right now. Like they're, they're going into, into YouTube and, and other things like that. How did you guys decide to help guide them in a direction on the education side that would, would set them up for success? Well, I think originally we, we started traditionally and with our kids in public school. And then we've always just kind of looked at what it is that they were learning and how that was going about. Then we tried private school for a couple of years and then decided at that time we couldn't afford as we were having more kids to do private school in Northern Virginia for three, at least three kids. And homeschooling just kept popping up. And selfishly, when our kids were younger, we always went on vacation in October because it was still warm enough and not everybody was out there. And the idea of homeschooling would allow us to continue to do that and then take our kids with us when we decided to go without getting caught up in the traditional school schedule. And it would also allow us to see what it is that they were interested in and help them pursue those things in a non-traditional environment. So we've been homeschooling now for, this is our 13th year homeschooling our kids. And they have shown interest in certain areas and we've been allowed, we've had that opportunity, the time to allow them to focus on some of those things. I mean, that requires that you spend quality time with your kids that you're interested in what they're learning at school. Like really, what what in the world are they learning? And, you know, and and the quality of what they're learning and the values of what you're learning. And, you know, that requires time and commitment. And 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 that was, again, Vivian, she looked and see what they were learning. And she was like starting to shake her head going, I cannot believe the stuff that these kids come home from and school not, with. No disrespect to the teachers, because I don't think it's the teacher's fault. It's just what they were learning and what they weren't allowed to do. And the limits that were placed on them in the school system, there were other options. And we decided to try it out for a year. We've tried, decided to try it out every year for the last few. And again, that does require a commitment. I mean, I, I'm not, not every family might be in a position to homeschool because someone in the family has to take the time. Now, the good news about homeschooling is as the kids get older, certainly like sixth, seventh grade, the parents really aren't teaching anymore. They're just uh, providing curricula and they just have to make sure the kids do the work, right? And there's online stuff now as well. So the actual amount of teaching, then there's in-person co-ops, et cetera. So the parent themselves aren't really teaching stuff anymore. It's just a matter of providing the resources and holding your kid accountable. But in so doing, you're spending more time with the kids. So you get to know them a little bit more and you can notice certain things, right? So, you know, our 16-year-old started showing an interest in, in music and piano. So we sent her piano lessons. And now today she's Compose, she's writing music. She's learned to play the guitar. She's learned how to do software. And she, now she's producing her own songs. And it's, it's just amazing. And so, you know, looking at your kids and see what do they like to do? What are they good at? And then encouraging them. And sometimes it's hard to do because I like to say school gets in the way of the, some of those things. Comments on that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently, according to Michael, school always gets in the way. It really does. 
You know, our, our 20 year old daughter is employed our our three kids and she's literally got paying jobs for them. And they again, can't get to it because of school. So she's basically fired them. Jeez. Yeah. The, you know, on the other side of it, it did, were you guys ever worried about that? Your kids were not going to grow up normal yes. and have like a normal social life because, because they, you guys wanted to put, put them in that pack. Cause that that's honestly like, I've, I've had to discuss this myself with, with Shana and I'm like, Hey, I like this option. Like I, when I saw what you guys accomplished with your kids, I'm like, man, he's got like four really smart kids that are doing what they love. That's inspiring to me. And, you know, Shana's immediate reaction was, well, what about their social life and what, and what that looks like? So how did you guys navigate that? You know, talk about that. Well, we've been very, very blessed to have opportunities for our kids. When we were in Virginia, there was a, we were part of a, com, a homeschool co-op. I helped found it. We, I mean, they're in their like 11th year now. And that allowed our kids to have opportunities to do classes together once a week. And we met for recess once a week and then field trips once a week. So, you know, your social socialization, well, we were out and about doing things. The other really neat thing about homeschooling is that kids learn to interact with other people other kids that are not necessarily their own age and within their own peer group. So, you know, just because you're in sixth grade does not mean you're only talking to sixth graders. And I'm sure, you know, we've all met a few sixth, seventh, eighth graders. They don't have, sometimes the sense is not quite there yet. They haven't had that experience. So it allows them to be in the company of older kids. They can learn some good things from older kids. From younger kids, it allows them to be the leader. And so we found that that was super beneficial to have these kids in those opportunities. They've played sports. My kids have played sports from middle school into high school, varsity teams as well. We have proms and dances. So that traditional stuff that families are often looking for in in a public school environment or even private school environment and think that you can't find it in homeschool communities, it's changing. There are a lot of kids that are homeschooled these days, especially with the whole COVID shutdown type thing. A lot of people are looking to see opportunities and creating new opportunities for kids that are not in the traditional school system. Wow. I, I, that's really interesting to me because that's, that's like, it, you know, it's not so black and white on that, on that side. It sounds like there, that's almost a limiting belief to think that that those types of activities don't exist out there. Right. Because oh, you clearly sure. you guys have found it. And it's really amazing to see the, you know, all the interests that your kids have and, and the things that they've been able to accomplish going this method. If you want to work with a full-time syndicator to help you get up to speed faster, get your first deal done this year and scale your portfolio so you can quit your job, then check out our mentoring program. It's at themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. It's the only program out there that actually guarantees results. That's right. We actually guarantee that you do your first deal in the first year. Otherwise, we'll keep working with you and set up a, a strategy session call and explore whether it's right for you it's themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. So you've talked about this before, but how do you guys set goals with your kids and your family that align with the values? Oh, I got this one. This is productivity related. I got it. Yeah. So which one? Values or goals are totally a little bit different. Goal, goals. Let's start with goals. Goals. Okay. So, so I obviously goal setting for us is, is very important. Uh, we use EOS in our, both of our businesses, which is the enterprise operating system. Which is the way you run companies, how you set goals, how you conduct meetings. We don't do that, okay, just to be clear. But there's part of a mastermind called Goabundance, and one of their values is extreme accountability. And they have something called a one sheet, 
where you are supposed to measure, measure various aspects of your life and set goals for different areas of your life, not just for business and finance, but relationships, lifestyle, Spiritual. spirituality, personal development, okay? Health, yeah, health. And, and so I've, I introduced that about 18 months ago. And it didn't go so well. There was substantial resistance. We're still working on it. Also a little bit for my wife. She doesn't leave. She's a cloud. Okay, you can't pin down a cloud, <laughs> right? So getting yeah. her to do specific goals by a certain time is not really, you know. But having said that, the kids have now kind of resigned themselves to, to daddy's craziness. And it's getting a little easier. And what they're finding is that they can literally set a goal that something that doesn't exist right now, work towards it using human effort and actually achieve something that they did not think they could do before. And that's that's a pretty powerful realization, especially for a kid yeah. to, to be able to do that. And it's, I mean, that's just exciting because it it probably feels like there's an alignment between your kids and what you guys are able to accomplish in general, which I don't know that that's always the case. It probably often is not actually. But let's talk about goal setting for a second here, because one of the things that that we've been you know talking about for you know, three years about is is what should they do after high school, right? And that was a that required long conversations because everybody goes to college. Well, our two oldest, eighteen and twenties, are not going to college, and that required considerable conversation. And it's not that they won't ever go to college; they're just not in college but, right now. But the reason they're not is because we sat down and talked about their goals. Right. And so what what do they like? What do they want to do? And how can we support them? And is college the uh, is going to, is college going to do that? Or is it maybe something else that's going to do that? Like, for example, Dominic, our 18 year old, he's just a really gifted writer. He always has. I mean, he's written stuff that just will blow our mind. And I was pretty much convinced that he ripped it off the Internet and it was original work. And so for him, if he wants to and now he's writing for us uh, on the educational side, he's writing blog posts and email address emails and and video scripts and that kind of stuff. But he had to learn how to write content, right? So he's not learning how to write an essay, you know, opening paragraph, three supporting points and a conclusion. No, no. So his English teacher would not give him a very high grade for the stuff he's writing now. But it's getting clicks and downloads. You know what I mean? So anyway, he's not yeah. gonna he's not it's gonna learn he's not gonna learn that in 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 college. Okay. But that doesn't mean he's not going to get his education. So he has written, he's, he's read five writing books. He went through a content writing course and he's now working with a, with a mentor to get better at his writing, which of course does, does require learning, education, and then to some degree investment. So it's not like you're, you're getting away scot-free. The question is, what will help the kid achieve their goals? Now, if the kid wants to be an attorney or, or a doctor, well, you're not going to learn that on YouTube, okay? You're going to have to go to medical school for that, hopefully. Yeah. So having gone to college, I remember that crossroads and it was a little bit earlier than maybe you had those crossroads, but, or a little bit later, but I remember thinking, I'm like, you know, I just, I can't see myself working for someone, but this is probably the right thing to do. So let's just go into it and see what happens. And there were a couple key things that were helpful for me. Like I learned how to run an organization that made no money when I joined the fraternity, which was interesting. And then I learned how to write pretty well because there was, I picked up writing and that, that was something I started to enjoy, but everything else was kind of like a waste in a lot of ways. And so I think as it's gotten, we've gotten further down the path from, from then, it's more acceptable, especially with the evolution of the internet and everything to, to go in a direction that, that makes the most sense. And I like what you said 
Vivian, when you said that they may, that doesn't mean they're never going to go to college. So it's not like one or the other. It's not like this option is never there if you need it for something, but you guys are open to something else, which, which plays into your kids' strengths, which is really cool. Well, I mean, and it was a really big conversation. I mean, now it was much easier with Dominic, but when Mia first decided, I mean, when she was looking at it as a, you know, sophomore, junior in college, in high school, she was going to college. Like I went to college. I grew up, everybody goes to college. You know, you just, that's what you do next. And we just really started looking at things with more of more intentional, like, what are we going to do when we get to college? What do you want to study? Is this where you want to go? What do you want to do? And she was a 2020 grad. So that kind of really made things a lot different for her. Each semester, she looked at it going, do I want to go? Because the environment that was in college at the time was much more constrained. And, you know, she did not like that. And so I think that just being a lot more intentional about what she wanted to do, which was eventually start her own business. She's like, I'm just going to go ahead and start it and let's go. So, you know, we've talked about that, about going to school, me getting used to the idea of not going to school, because that's a, a whole paradigm shift when you look at your kids and go, okay, you don't have to go to school, but they don't, I mean, and they can do many things these days. And that's really cool. I mean, that's such good insight because it's true, but it's a big shift in the thinking of societal norms. I mean, really you're, Society is for so long, that's like you go to school, you go to college, and that's just what you do. And that's the system, right? Right. And it's exciting to when I first kind of met you guys and I looked into how how you're navigating the waters outside of that, it's it's an exciting realization to know that that exists and not be afraid of it. Right. Well, um, and again, they can go back and take a class anytime they want. Yep. For 5K for that class for, <laughs> for, for one semester, right? That's right. That was my one rule. I was like, I can never fail a class because I have to pay for this. And it's like, I had to pay for my whole college. So I never failed one. I, I figured out ways to get C's if I needed to, but it was <laughs> not going to yeah. fail that class. I got to I want to close this out guys and ask, ask you a question. What would you say is the one lesson you'd like your children to learn and take that into adulthood? I think, yeah, you're, you and I's answer are probably going to be a little different. I think if I were to boil it down for me, since I'm, you know, I think I've, I suppose, related to productivity and efficiency, but I, I would say living intentionally. And I only say that because I, I did not live intentionally until I, I don't know, maybe my early 30s, when I started waking up and asking questions. Why, why am I doing this? Why is everybody else around me doing this? Does this really serve me, right? So, so if you live intentionally, that means you, you need to take time to reflect. And then really kind of discover who you are and why God put you on this green earth. And then, and then, of course, you need the courage to pursue that path. And that requires a sense of adventure, curiosity, humility that you know and know everything, and a love for learning, and a love for improving yourself, and a love for growing, right? So I think that's the one thing I want my kids to, to take away. I'm not going to disagree with him. I mean, uh, to me, faith is very important. I would love for my children to have that relationship. And I think that that would serve them because with that, they will grow into the person that God created them to be. And to be grateful for all those little things that we have, that we've been given, that'll give them joy. And I think that with that, regardless of what their life will throw at them, because life will throw crazy things. And the path that my children are currently on, they're all going to be entrepreneurs like you guys and it's not an easy journey. You need a lot. There's a lot of strength that needs to go into that. And there's, I think that faith in something that is greater than themselves 
we'll see them through those those times that will be tough because it has to be. It is. It just always is. I mean, there will be great things and then they will be grateful for all of those joys. Wow, we're on the same page about that. I didn't even check your notes before then. Well, yeah, but you said intentionality, which includes like everything. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! I checked them all off. I checked all your boxes. Michael. Garrett. So how can people get a hold of you if they need it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. You guys know where to go. But man, Vivian, Michael, it has been such a pleasure to, to be able to interview you guys. I know this is this is all really an amazing message for so many out there as we go into this Thanksgiving season to just really be grateful. And, and the way you guys have, have brought up your family and, and run such an amazing household, it's, it's really cool to be able to peek behind the curtain and see exactly what you guys are doing back there. But thanks so much for coming on and we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks, Garrett. Man, I got such good information from Vivian and Michael on, the, on this episode. I, I love hearing their wisdom and the, the things that they've been able to accomplish. Before I get into kind of the, the recap of some of my biggest takeaways, I, want, I wanted to mention that if you guys are interested in getting involved in investment that's going to set you up for the long term, this is a great time to get involved into passive investments in syndications and apartment complexes. So we spent a ton of time to make sure that these these investments are some of the best that you can get involved in. If you have any interest, reach out to us at nighthawkequity.com. Click the join button, join the investor club, set up a call with our director of investor relations, David, and see if you qualify and if, if you'd like to join us on our next journey into another apartment deal. That said, I really enjoyed hearing about how you know when you have a spouse you can't expect that you're you're going to use that as your source of happiness you have to find your own happiness and then run in separate directions helping each other along the way i really resonate with that because i never really before this relationship i didn't have that honestly it was i was the codependent one for the most part and that that was super unhealthy and so once I realized that we that I was running a separate path with my partner and we were just there to support each other and help each other along the way, we clearly wanted each other to win. That was a big realization for me. And and honestly, it's weird because a part of that, I looking back on it and just kind of reflecting, I think early on in my career, I was still trying to figure out how I was going to navigate the financial waters too. And and I was looking at that in in, in a way where I had you know, you had to be the, the guy to support the woman and this and that. And, and I was still trying to figure it out. So I just never really committed to anything. And, you know, I, I but I couldn't agree more with, with what Michael said there and, and that, you know, you guys, you run those separate tracks and, and you support each other. Also thought it was really interesting how they've been able to navigate the waters of homeschooling and raise their kids. When I tell you their kids are, are unbelievable, I mean, I, I really mean that. They are all doing all kinds of cool stuff. They're very smart, articulate. And Michael and Vim even have really mastered their abilities to, to raise kids it's, it, to an incredible level. I've, I've seen it firsthand. And not to say they, they don't have challenges like everyone else, but it, they, they've kind of made a, almost like a blueprint for how to navigate that stuff that is super interesting, especially to someone like myself. So that, that was a really cool takeaway to hear a little bit about how they, they've been able to navigate some of those things. I think 
the rules that they set in place also is, is pretty important and a really smart idea so that you have rules at home for your family. So you're not, you know, impeding on the, on that family time. I think family time is, is super important, of course. So that, that was really cool to hear about as well. But guys, thanks so much for tuning in today. It's been great having you and we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Take the next step toward financial freedom by checking out our Freedom Vault, where you can find free resources to help you with apartment building investing. Whether you're an active investor just starting out or looking to scale your syndication business or looking to invest passively, head over to themichaelblanc.com slash vault to gain access to our Freedom Vault. 